0: Welcome to Grace Community Church On Demand, the weekly podcast from the Sunday services at Grace Community Church in Rupert, Idaho. Here at Grace, we believe in building the kingdom of God one person at a time. We're passionate about loving God, loving people, and following Jesus. Let's get into this week's message with Pastor Travis Turner. So
1: today, we're gonna to be talking about a very interesting topic. We're gonna to be talking about what it means to be a man. What an interesting topic for a super Sunday, but it just, uh, it just felt right, and so we're going to dive right in, and um, I want us to know this, that there's tangible evidence of God in the life of men. I also want you to know that there's tangible evidence of God in the life of women, but we're not talking about that. That will probably be a few weeks down the road. But um, I want us to also realize that there is a cultural shift. And the day that we live in, society is really trying to change men into women. And I really, really want to encourage our young parents to lean in and pay attention because you're the ones that this is hinging on. There's a shift to take away. In fact, I would say this, that once... We used to celebrate masculinity, and now we're calling masculinity toxic. And um, there's nothing wrong, I want us to realize, there's nothing wrong with your boy. And, and listen, you got to parent how you're going to parent, and I'm just sharing some thoughts and opinions, and you take what you like and throw in the trash what you don't like, but there's nothing wrong with your boys going outside and playing in the dirt. There's also nothing wrong with your boys, men, if, you are, if you're handy, if you're, you, know, you work with your hands and you, you, you get dirty. There's nothing wrong with taking your boys out, out with you and teaching them how to do the same. Now, this may be a stretch, but I'm going to do it anyway because I believe in it. Moms and dads, there's nothing wrong, grandparents and grandparents. Uh, grandmas and grandpas, there's nothing wrong with your boys coming home with black eyes and scrapes on their knees from school. I'm gonna say that again just cause it felt so good. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with your boys coming home with a black eye every once in a while and scrapes on his knees. Now, you might think that I'm condoning violence and and I'm condoning, you know what I mean, fighting. The truth is, is God has put some of these things in boys because they are called to be protectors and providers. I honestly think, I honestly think that the conversation needs to shift from the kid being in trouble automatically to what is the reason behind the black eye. Because I'm telling you this, that there are times that, uh, that, 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 that call for your young men, your young boys to involve themselves in situations and sometimes it leads to physical altercations. And I'm just saying this, that if we are treating our boys like little girls, then, whenever it comes time to fight for things that are right, we're gonna have a bunch of broken. Matter of fact, I'm just gonna say it like this with social media, it's very possible that parents today, with TikTok and social media and Pinterest and all the other stuff that's out there and Facebook and Instagram, and everybody's trying to be the perfect parent. It's very possible, moms and dads, that you break the very thing that God has instilled in boys for a reason and for a purpose. Once again, we don't condone violence, but there's times where things need to, that that there are convictions that, that kids have that are worth standing up and fighting for. And if they don't learn it, then they're never going to know it. And so really what needs to shift, what needs to shift is teaching these young boys and men how to control themselves. I love the definition that Pastor Matt used in in our pre-service meeting. He said the word that we're looking at is meekness. Meekness is not weakness, but meekness is truly strength under control. And so we want to teach our children, our men, our boys, you know what I mean? To, to stand up for the things that are right, but to also be young boys and young men which grow up to be big men of self-control. You know, sometimes your words are more powerful than anything else that, uh, that you can do, but sometimes words just will not accomplish what it is that needs to be accomplished. I am absolutely sick to my stomach on how some women are treated in our world today and men are not involving themselves even to the point of, of finding themselves in dangerous situations. We, we live in this, in, this, in this world today where if, if I don't recognize it, I'm not, I'm not responsible for it. That's not my business. And I'm just saying that that's not how God has created you men. And if you've been taught differently, I encourage you to find a man that, that you look up to that can teach you, even if you're 30 years old, that can teach you what a man looks like and a godly man looks like. And I know this, I know this, this message so far, thank the Lord I'm not parking here but i know this message so far is 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 not very popular to every single person here but i'm telling you something we are with something is broken whenever we do not allow and train up a child train up our boys to be biblical men and our women to be biblical men and men something is 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 very broken and i'm just telling you this that you shouldn't allow pinterest to define what your child is going to look like and Instagram and everybody else. You need to train up your kids in a biblical way, amen? Even Jesus himself, come on, the fullness of God manifest in the flesh. Had some righteous anger and started getting in people's face, actually put a whip together and started running, uh, running other men out of out of the house of the Lord. Right. Because they were conducting business in a place that was set aside to be a house of prayer. He, he wasn't afraid to confront. He wasn't afraid to get physically involved in, in a situation. I wonder what would have happened had they bowed up on Jesus. I just wonder. I just, I wonder. I would have liked to have seen that story. I would have really enjoyed to see that story. But uh, um, So we're not going to park there. That was just thoughts from Travis. I, I will say this, just to, for those that are feeling a little bit uncomfortable, I've gotten this wrong. My son, at the age of four years old, I do not, I do not condone this behavior. I'm just saying that, that I went a little bit overboard in this, but my son, when we were four years old, he didn't want to uh, go to daycare or something, so I was like, cool, man, we're going to have a day together, and we ended up going, it was the, the McDonald's in Nampa, Idaho, and they had just built this huge, like, trapezius, you know, just like climb all up, slides going everywhere. And, and I'm just sitting down there eating my Big Mac or two Big Macs at the time and <laughs> large fry and shake. And, and I'm just watching Tyler just run up and down. He's having a ball until there was about a 10-year-old kid. That, that came and was playing on the equipment as well. And the 10 year old kid set himself up at the very top of this huge structure. And, um, and every time Tyler would go by, he'd push him backwards and he'd just poke him in his chest. And, and I'm just getting, I wasn't saved very long at the time. And, and I was just getting super, like, frustrated. I'm like, that's my son, you know? And so about the third time that this happened, I called my boy over after he came come sliding down the... And he was just totally oblivious to the whole thing. But I called him over. I said, is that kid up there picking on you? He said, yeah, Dad, he's being mean. And I said, I tell you what, I'm gonna tell you what to do. I don't condone this at all. This is the wrong way to parent. But I will tell you this, that both of my boys are not afraid to in, 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 inject themselves into situations where somebody is being mistreated or something. Both of them have proven that they will stand up when standing up is needed to be standard. So I'm, I, I'll just say that for whatever it's worth. But I said, Tyler, this is very important that you pay attention to me. If he pushes you back again... I said, you need to make the biggest fist and then squeeze as tight as you can. And I said, listen to these instructions very closely. You better make sure you hit him square in his nose, because if you don't, there's nothing I can do to help you. I, I, cannot, get, I cannot get up there to help you. you it's been great knowing you. I'm going to go ahead and say my goodbyes right now. But I told you, I I said, you need to make sure you hit him as hard as you can right in his right in his nose. And so he went up there and and, um, that boy did the same. And Tyler didn't think twice about it. He bowed up his made a big fist and he just socked him right in his right in the kid's nose and he hit right on the button and that kid immediately started crying, uh, like tears, not crying, but just tears coming out of his eyes. Tyler just stepped around him and came and slid down the slide. <laughs> About 10 seconds later, the kid slides down and the kid's parents are, I'm already ready to have a confrontation with the, with the mom and dad, we're right there. And the kid slides down and I'm ready. I'm ready for this kid to say what happened and, and I'm ready to tell him if you'd have been policing your kid a little bit better, that wouldn't... Anyway, that's a whole other story. I don't even know if I'm going to get to my message today. But the kid came down and as quiet as could be, sat right next to his mom and dad, didn't say nothing, didn't look at Tyler one more time. And, and I'm just saying that it's very possible that that kid learned a lesson at that moment not to be a bully. And the reason... The lesson was effective is because there was a little kid that was willing to stand up at a time that needed to be stand. Up. And, and once again, I'm not condoning that. You gotta parent how it is that you that you parent. But I'm telling you what, we live in a day and a time where our children are gonna need to know how to fight, not just physic, not physically, but they're gonna need to know how to carry themselves with confidence. They're gonna need to stand up with conviction and live lives of integrity, and words are always more powerful than anything else, but sometimes words don't matter, and I'm sorry if we don't see eye to eye with that. It's okay in this church to disagree on some things. Amen? It's okay to disagree on some things. You don't have to see eye to eye with me on that, but I just, I hope you'll, you'll consider it. All right. Today, we want to look at the power of a godly man. How many of you have noticed that sometimes women are attracted to the wrong kind of men? Sometimes. Now, I'm grateful that Tina was attracted to the wrong kind of man when we, when we met. And, um, or else I would, not, I, would not, I would not have her today. But most of the time, 90% of the time, that never works out. I'm telling you what, there are men right now being trained up, young boys being trained up in our children's department. They're being trained how to be men, right? In our youth department, they're being trained how to be men. And I just pray that, that our young women at the same time are being trained how to be women of God. And I pray that they are looking for the right things in lifelong relationships going forward. Just because a man goes to church doesn't mean that he's godly. The church doesn't mean that he is a that he is a godly man. It's very very possible that 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 you know people come to church one way, but then they leave with their family completely a different way. And um, and men, we need to be godly men all the time, not just on not just on Sunday. So. Today, we're gonna be taking a look at the traits of a godly man. And ladies, I want you to know this, that no man is going to have all of these traits. There was only one man that had all of these traits. His name was Jesus Christ, and he chose to never get married. And some of you are waiting for Jesus to appear. (laughs) And, And so, know this that he's already come chose not to get married. But the truth is, is that there's no sense in you as a woman being saved and loving Jesus and wanting to go to church and raise your children in the fear and admonition of God, but your husband doesn't want to have anything to do with it. Or your husband believes in something very different than what it is that you believe in. You would think that we would get better in this area Instead, sometimes we only divorce to go out to make the same poor decision again, not making sure that that man is also on track and in love with the Lord. After that, let's pray. Lord, we thank you for today. Thank you for this time together, this Super Sunday. Kind of an awkward topic to speak about today. But Lord, we pray that you would help us to hit the mark that your word Would encourage people and we would get better because of it in jesus name amen Amen. so the key word that i want to share with you today is the word willingly willingly a godly man willingly does some things the word willingly means voluntarily not forced coerced or begged but willingly and so number one he willingly walks with god every day that's the kind of man that a godly man is. First Chronicles 16, 11, Seek the Lord in his strength. Seek his face evermore. A continual pursuit of God is what a godly man does. It's evidence that a man is godly. He's not trying to call the shots. In fact, he is really focusing on being led of the Lord every single day. The steps of a righteous man are what ordered by the Lord. I've been saved a while, and I want you to know this: that God has been better to me than 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 what I deserve. I'm living a life that honestly is a hundred times better than 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 what I what I personally deserve. But I've even met some Christian men that their attitude is is such that they have gotten where they have gotten on their own, that they don't need anybody, that they're a self-made man. And I just really encourage you that pride is something that comes before a fall, right? Pride will destroy. Pride is very, very destructive. And the more that you realize, and I realize that 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 God has been better to us than we deserve and for us to accomplish the things that God has for our future it's going to require a lot of things number 1 a personal pursuit of God every single day and then making sure that we're sharing life with other men going the same direction Amen. I've been asked many times in my in my history in my past what has caused growth in your life? Travis, we've heard your testimony. We know your story. Wow, I mean, what a remarkable thing that God has done. But what was, what were the things that caused growth? And I thought about this for a period of time, and I came up with two amongst many. Number one was discipline. I can tell you this, that whenever I gave my heart to Jesus, I was disciplined in my word every single day. In fact, I got saved one day not really wanting anything to know, with, you know, anything about the Lord. I got saved, and then the next thing you know is I couldn't get enough time with him. I would take my Bible every single place that I went. Lunchtime, I was reading it. I was breaking it out. I was going to the the cemetery and just walking the tombs and the graves. That'll kind of open your eyes and show you that that, that God doesn't promise tomorrow to any of us, right? You walk through a cemetery, you've got people that have passed early, midlife, and some that have been blessed with a long life. I studied my Bible every single day. I was in Bible studies all the time. I just wanted to know about this amazing God that had been so good to me. The second thing was accountability. I have always had men in my life that I've been accountable to. I've always had men in my life. This wasn't taught to me. It was just something that I knew that I needed. I needed to learn how to be a godly man. I had men in my life that I gave the opportunity to tell me no. And I'm telling you, if something is missing in our church today, in our world today, in Christianity today, is you don't have men. I'm just being in your business right now. You don't have enough guys in your life that can tell you no. Why? Because we are prideful people and we think that we know everything because we have so much information at our fingertips. People are making decisions. They have no counsel whatsoever. And... If they come to you and they ask you, hey, what do you think about this? And you give them the red flags. They've already got their mind made up anyway. And so men don't have men in their lives that can say, hey, listen, don't do that. Well, I'll consider. I'll consider your advice. And I'm like, okay, consider it. Consider it. But I've always had that. When I was first, you know, saved, I ended up, you know, and actually started it. But uh, but we would have a Monday night uh, where we would have Papa Murphy's pizza. We would sing. All of us had guitars. We'd sing around and uh, do worship songs together. We would pray, and then one of us would break out a, a a short devotion. But I'm telling you what, this started with three men, and it ended up at one point thirty men gathered and it was just powerful. And, and this was the deal. Like nothing was off limits. And and there was a, there was a camaraderie. There was a, there was a trust there because we were genuine and authentic and real with one another that genuinely, if you were having issues with your wife or, or, you know, you were struggling with, with, with something that you could, you could literally bring that to the table. And those men, not only would they pray for you, But they would call you throughout the week and say, hey, listen, I want to know how you're doing in this area. Have you have you had that conversation that we encourage you to have with your wife to apologize or whatever, whatever that looked like. But these two things spurred on tremendous growth in my in my life, discipline and accountability. So number one, a I've got an a here. God desires personal quiet time. I want you to know, men, that sometimes it doesn't seem like God's speaking to you because we're not quiet enough, you know what I mean, to listen. I, I've learned this, that God is never he's, never, he's never short on words. Oftentimes he's speaking on a regular basis, but we're just not tuning in and listening to what it is that he's saying. 1B is this, a godly man is willing to pray for his family. This is either on a regular basis or just willing to pray for his family whenever, whenever it, it calls for it. I'm just telling you, Ferris and Dixie, um, I know this about them, that every night before they go to bed, guess what they have? Ferris and Dixie, just throw your hands up in the air just right here. They have a time of prayer where they pray for probably probably every need that comes across their mind. But they will not go to bed without grabbing hands and spending time in prayer. And guess what they're doing? Grandma and grandpa are are training grandkids to do the same. Amen? And so that's legacy. It's one thing being passed passed down to another. Some men are hesitant to pray for their wives, pray for their families. Why is that? I'll tell you one of the reasons why is because, because sometimes wives are often more spiritual than than husbands oftentimes the women are more spiritual than the men are and so men were reluctant to to take that lead role why because we're not as fluent and fluid in our prayers we don't we don't sound as as good as they do we can't quote scripture maybe like our wives can, can quote scripture. And so what we do is we say, listen, I'm not going to, I'm not going to take that lead role. But this is the deal is God never come on, come on, put the, the order of the family based off of spirituality. Right. And guess what? It's not a competition. Right. It's not a competition. Right? You are called to lead your family in the ways of the Lord. And the thing is, is if all you can pray is a simple prayer, but a powerful prayer because you mean it and it comes from your heart, like, Lord, please help our family. We trust you, Lord, with the, the decisions that we're going to make this next week. Please help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Then guess what? That's enough that's enough and it needs to be celebrated we're not we're not grading and we're not judging but the truth is is that as you exercise this lead role men in your families because you are men you are men you are required to lead your family in the ways of the lord you're supposed to take on that role and it doesn't mean that it sounds better. It doesn't mean that you're smarter. It doesn't mean that you're able to quote more scripture. I can tell you that m- many of us have smarter women than we are in our lives. Right. It, but it's not a matter of 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 that. What it's a matter of is the roles and the authority in the in the in the way that God come on, puts these in in place. And it doesn't mean, men, that you're more special than your wives are, right? God knows that there's no way you could be who you are without them. Or, 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 or be as, as good as you are without them. So it's not a competition. So I want you to do this tonight. I want you to grab your wives, men, by the hand. And it doesn't matter how it sounds, but I want you to grab them by the hand. You don't even have to look at them. (laughs) I just want you to grab your wives by the hand tonight, and I want you to pray a prayer over them. And then when they wake up, because they just passed out because you just did that, (laughs) you can ask them how you did and guess what they're gonna be like man that was amazing thank you for thank you for taking that role in our family Amen. amen one c is this a godly man works at memorizing scripture this is so so important men and this this area right here will also help you in your prayer life psalm 119 your word the bible says I have hidden in my heart that I may not sin against you. When you hide God's word in your heart, men, I want you to know that there's strength in the word of the Lord. Right. right? And, and it's so it's so powerful that, that whenever you've got God's word in your heart, when you might be up against making a poor decision, that word is going to come to life and it's going to keep you from making that mistake. Come on, it'll come to life for you. So number two is this. Number two, I just did one, one A, one B, one C. This is number two. A godly man willingly worships regularly. I want you to say to your neighbor, I'm not afraid to give God praise. It's troublesome seeing godly men come in week after week after week. And, um, and then also seeing them elsewhere and they're 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 much more enthusiastic elsewhere than they are in the house of the lord like sometimes i've honestly felt like i need to go check that guy's pulse make sure he's all right in in worship service you know what i mean kind of sitting down slumped over and and i'm like are you all right oh you're okay okay good 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 and then you go to a high school basketball game or a high school football game. And that guy is one of the most enthusiastic people. And you're thinking, that just doesn't make sense. Let me just say it like this. I sit on a lot of boards. I sit on a lot of boards. And what amazes me is that there are, there are, there's more excitement in a board meeting than in a worship service. Now you go figure that one out. Sometimes people really get passionate about things in board meetings, but not when they're in the house of the Lord worshiping the Lord. I'm looking for the day when men come to the house of the Lord and they're ready to worship. They stand to their feet, even before. And Pastor Matt does such a great job. Come on, everybody, stand to your feet. Let's just go ahead and raise our hands to the Lord, right? He does such a great job at that. But how about the men come in before being prompted, before being led. Men come in, and they're just like, man, I'm just ready. The music hasn't even started yet. And your hands are raised, and you're ready. Come on to give God praise. I'm telling you what, that something powerful is going to happen when the men of this church begin to lead the way in worship on Sunday mornings and Wednesday and any other single time that we, that we get together. Something powerful is going to take place. See, it's possible, men, that you've forgotten the hellhole that God has delivered you from. It's possible that you've been saved too long that you forgot the sin that he's forgiven you of. And I encourage you to regularly remember. See, some of y'all should have been dead by now. You should be in the hospital by now. You should still be drinking or on drugs today. You should be divorced and with no money. But you are where you are because of the goodness of God. And I'm just saying, if you, would just, if you would just pause for a second and realize how good God has been to you. I'm telling you this, when I think of the goodness of God and all that he has done for me, all I want to do is cry out, hallelujah, yeah. amen. I don't care if anybody's worshiping in this place. I'm going to raise my hands and I'm going to give him praise solely and simply because who he is and how good he's been to me. Please don't forget where you've come from. Real men are secure enough within themselves. And I know this can be a struggle. I've shared my struggle with you. The pride kept me from raising my hands, even as a little kid. But I'm telling you what, I've got security enough in who I am in the Lord, right? That it doesn't matter really what anybody thinks of me. I mean, I want to be liked and I want to be loved. But the truth is, is if I would rather be pleasing God than pleasing men. Amen. And guess what? I'm just telling you, if you don't already know this, there's no way you're going to be able to please everybody. There's always going to be critics against what it is that you're doing. Always. And so just take it and receive it. And at the end of the day, if you're able, you know what I mean to say, man, I live my life for the Lord the best I could today. Then that's good enough. Right. It's another reason why we need the Holy Ghost. See, some of y'all need to be praying prayers like fill me, Lord, with your spirit. That needs to be part of your prayer. Like like if you feel like you're easily discouraged and you don't have great courage and you don't feel like you're walking in power and authority, start praying for the infilling, the indwelling, the fullness, the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Baptism means to be fully and completely submerged in the Lord. Amen? And it's the same way in the spiritual realm, like God has more for you. In fact, when he talks about the spiritual gifts, he says, I encourage you to desire the greater gifts. And so just because you're saved doesn't necessarily mean that he's done with you, that he's got a completed work. Somebody say there's more. And I'm telling you, there's more of his spirit for you. In fact, what, what this will do, the Holy Ghost will enable you to get beyond your personality and have courage that doesn't belong to you. See, some of us we try to worship God in the limitations of our personality. Well, this feels right, or that feels right, or or you know what, we 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 get in our head, and, and you really don't have to do that, and you really don't. I can promise you, thinkers you super intellectual folks out there, I can promise you this, you're not gonna think twice about worshiping the Lord when you're in his presence. You're not gonna, you're not gonna, you're not gonna, this is not gonna be you. Well, I'll just let all these other folks just carry on and have their little, I'm telling you what, when you're in the presence of the Lord, I believe you're just probably gonna fall down on your face and give God high praise, amen? So. To all you intellectuals out there, allow yourself to get outside your head and maybe pray for more of the baptism of the Holy Spirit in your life that will help you to move from intellectually worshiping to spiritually worshiping. Amen. All right. See, I don't have that problem. (laughs) I'm just a simple man and, and I prefer it that way, but Thank God for our intellectuals. We love them so much. But uh, sometimes you can be too smart for your own good. That's all I'm gonna say. Number three is this. A man of God willingly witnesses to others. A man of God willingly witnesses to others. Romans 1 16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. For the Jew first, and then also for the Greek. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. Got to hurry up here. But you will receive power. Somebody say power. power. When the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, and all Judea and Samaria, and even to the ends of the earth. Come on. When, you, when the Holy Ghost comes on you, and there is a moment that is presented to you in time, you cannot keep your mouth shut. You've got to tell, come on, somebody about what it is that God means to you, what he's done for you, and, um, and, and you just can't, you can't keep your mouth shut. And so when you tell about the goodness of God to people in the community, I want you to know that one of the greatest things that can happen and will happen is sin will be broken off of their lives. When you begin to tell people that there was a man that was fully man and fully God and he died on a cross and he was buried in a tomb and he rose again on the third day and he showed himself you know, over 40 days to over 500 people and then he ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God and anybody that will believe in him and receive him will not perish but have everlasting life. When you begin to tell that story, then guess what? Sin is broken off of their lives. God will use you to set somebody else free. God will use you to set somebody else free. And all you have to do is just share, come on, the gospel, which is the good news. I can tell you this, when I get my hair cut, it's not uncommon, as we have one of my haircut ladies here in the third row on the left-hand side. It's not uncommon for us to talk about Jesus. When I'm in the grocery store and I meet somebody, I am not afraid of what people are going to think. If I see somebody in need, I will stop with them right there and I will pray. And I won't pray this little measly Lord Jesus. Please help them with their sin. And I'm telling you, I'll put my hand on their shoulder and I'll just pray because the truth is, is you never know how that's going to affect somebody passing by. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's power in that, right? I'm not ashamed of the story that he's written on my life. Pickleball. I love pickleball. Ask me how many times I've got to share Jesus playing pickleball. Oh, BTW. Just a little BTW. This is to my eighth grade math teacher that said I was never going to amount to anything. I got second place in 3 5 tournament yesterday. Yeah. Second place pickleball. First and only award I've ever won in my life. No, I'm just totally <laughs> cute. And just in case my eighth grade math teacher's watching, I just use that as the illustration. I love you. <laughs> Ladies, this is just a bonus, and I got to hurry up here. But if you've been dating men, just understand this. Like if I know you and I feel, if I feel like I've got a good relationship with you ladies, you single ladies, if I know you and I know that there's a new man in your life, I can promise you one question that I'm going to ask you. I promise you, I'm going to ask you, does he love Jesus? And if you say, and you've been dating him for a month, if you say, well, I don't know, I would encourage you to drop it. That's just my you got to do you, but I'm just telling you if you've been hanging around with this guy for a month and you have no idea if he loves Jesus or not, he doesn't. All right, number 4 is this. A man of God willingly walks with conviction. There are things in life that men of god will not compromise psalm chapter 1 1 blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked this is almost like being in formation so the wicked is it's not telling us not to have anything to do with people in the world but this is talking about walking in step with the wicked like you're hanging out with them for a long time not a good idea right and so Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand, remain in a place that sinners, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water. It goes on to say he's fruitful and he prospers. So he's planted. You know what it is that he stands for. You don't have to guess. And he's not always moving. He's not always moving. If you need him, you know where to find him, right? Convictions will keep you grounded and anchored to the truth. And since you're anchored to the truth, you're willing to fight for the truth at whatever means you need to fight. So if the Bible says that abortion is wrong, you don't have to say, well, this is what I think about it. You just simply say, listen, this is what my Bible says. And so that's my stance as well. If you've been messing around, if the Bible says... Go ahead and take two aspirin and call me in the morning. You know how long I've been waiting to say that? (laughs) Every time you do that, I'm going to tell you, take two aspirin and call me in the morning. All right. (laughs) I was waiting for you, man. I knew it was coming. Hey, who does that scare every time that happens? I just, it just... I I have lost, I think my heart skipped a beat once or twice. (laughs) All right, so. That's funny. So if messing around, you can figure that out, is a sin, then that's my stance. The Bible says that men are protectors and providers. That's my stance. If men are supposed to sacrificially serve, then that's my stance. Daniel 3, I just want to end with this. I'm going to leave some of these things out here, but Daniel 3, we've got three Hebrew boys, Shadrach and Abednego, right? They were faithful to the one true living God that they served. And and, um, there was a, you know, kind of a situation that was put in play to catch them off, catch them off guard. And and they were forced they built a golden statue of the king nebuchadnezzar and they said listen we're putting this in play that whenever the harps and the and the music instruments when they when they begin to play what everybody needs to do is bow down and begin to worship to show that uh, you know our support and 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 um and respect to the king to bow down and worship this this big statue shadrach meshach and abednego you know they're going throughout their day the music begins to begins to play and everybody else bows down and 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 begins to worship the statue and and they don't and so there were others that had seen man these guys aren't following in line And so they brought them before the king and the king said, listen, I'm going to give you one more chance. Listen, this is what we're doing. Whenever you hear the music play, maybe you didn't get the full memo, but when you hear the music play, you need to stop what you're doing and turn towards the statue and bow down before it. I don't know which one it was, whether it's Shadrach, Meshach, or Abednego, I don't know. But one of them said, listen, we heard you the first time basically. And, um, and we just want you to know that we're not going to debate about this situation. Now, they're saying this to the king, right, that has all authority, or at least he thought he had all authority. They were in a very dangerous situation. But these three boys had, uh, these three men had some convictions in their life. They said, listen, we're not going to debate about this matter. And, and you may throw us into the fire, the furnace, you know, to destroy us if we, if we fail to do this. But I just want you to know this, that the God that we serve, King Nebuchadnezzar, and I don't think that these guys were being disrespectful. They were just walking true to their convictions. We just want you to know, sir, that the God that we serve, he is able to deliver us out of that very fire that you're going to throw us into. You do what you've got to do But once again, I wanna be clear, I just wanna be clear that no matter what, we're not gonna bow down and worship that statue. Our worship belongs to, to God and God alone. And so, how do you think the king felt at this moment? Like a little bit challenged? You know, who do these boys think that they are? And so he said this, he said, turn up that furnace seven times hotter than what it is so they did that and they grabbed those three boys and as they were dragging them to the fire the bible says that that the furnace was so hot it didn't hurt the boys as they were approaching but it killed the men that were taking them to the door of the furnace to throw them in so it was that hot that the the men died and i just want you guys to know this men. i want to speak to you just for a second that when you're doing the right thing, I want you to know this, that there are going to be people that come against you. You're not going to be everybody's fan and people are going to say things about you that you're going to feel like it's your responsibility. Like your initial thought, men, because we're men. Well, I'm going to handle this. Get that person on the phone right now. I'm going to line them out. You wait till I see them next. You're gonna feel like it's your responsibility, you know, to put a stop to the madness, a stop to the nonsense. But even as we see in this situation, Shadmach, Meshach, and Abednego, all they did is they made the decision, and next thing you know, the men that were throwing them in the furnace, God took care of them. And God will take care of you. You don't have to fight every battle. You don't, have to, you don't have to line everybody out. You don't have to correct every wrong thing that 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 you know or position that people are taking against you. Know this that the Lord fights on your behalf. Amen. He has a way of making everything turn out just fine. So they throw these boys in, and you know, the king's probably talking, talking with all of his, you know. Entourage and saying things like, Boy, those dumb boys, if they just would have done what I, because I believe that there was a liking there. I believe that there was maybe some relationship. If they just would have listened, and then all of a sudden they turned back to the furnace. And the Bible says in Daniel chapter 3 that they threw three of them in, but now there were four present in the furnace i'm just telling you this men and this goes to everybody but men, i really want to talk to you today that even in the dangerous situations that you may find yourself in that you didn't invite into your life but but you, you know whether you're there because of conviction or you're there just because life has a funny way of just being played out i want you to know this that even though you may seem alone men you're never alone because the Lord your God is always with you my Bible says and it's been a very strong scripture to me just this last year because of the malaria that I've gone through the word of God says that no weapon formed against you shall prosper doesn't mean that there's not going to be weapons formed against you but the the, the truth is is that it just will not prosper And even as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, even if it means that I die, so be it. Amen, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Oh death, where is your sting? So men, I just want to encourage you. Let's be men, let's be men with conviction. Let's be men that that, that live as Matt was saying, meekly, strength under control. You don't have to be a woman. That's kind of funny even to say, right? I mean, how ridiculous is that? Men, let me get your attention just real quick. I just want you to know that you don't have to be women. You, you, that's not even, a, that's not, that's the weirdest thing for me to say. But I'm telling you this, men, God has created you to be exactly how you are. But one of the fruits of the spirit is self-control, right? Self-control and wisdom and 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 be a man. Because God created you that way. And he puts special things inside of you that your family unit needs. Just as he puts special. We're going to talk about women in a couple of weeks. That's going to be fun. I'm going to have to have a woman speak that message. But there are beautiful, wonderful, special things that God has put within women that help the family unit. Can you imagine every woman trying to act like a man? Right, that's just crazy. Our families, man, our family would be destroyed. I'm grateful for my wife. Let's trust that God knows what he's doing. Amen? Let's trust. So listen. I don't even know how much time we got. We started at 10 o'clock. It's 1130 right now. This is what I want. I want the men of God to stand up. We're gonna do this real quick and we're gonna worship from the front. I want the men all to come down front here. All the men. All the men. How many of you appreciate these men? (laughs) Guys, listen, this is is what I want you to know. You know, there was a time, I want you to look at something here. There was a time when churches across the America were filled 90% women. I want you to look, make an evaluation right now, how many strong men we have in this church. I'm so grateful. I am so grateful for the diversity and the balance that we have in this house. Mm. Mm. Anthony, I want you to lead us in a prayer. I want you to pray for these men, will you?
2: God, first and foremost, Lord, we're just so thankful to stand in your presence this morning, God. God, I'm thankful, Lord, that I get to be part of this group of men that stand up for you. God, I pray, Lord, that as we walk out of this place, God, that we will make a decision as the man of our house, as the men of our household, that we will lead the way you want us to lead, and we will love the way you want us to love. God, I pray, Lord, that you return some of us to our first passion that we had when we began to serve you. Return us to our first love, God, God, I pray, Lord, that we would love our children the way that you intended us to love our children, that we would teach our women how they are to be treated, teach our daughters what a man looks like so that when they are searching, Lord God, that they search a man of God and not just something that this world has to offer. God, I'm thankful, Lord, that I have a pastor that is a man of God that's not afraid to stand up and say what is right. He's not afraid that if it it may step on somebody's toes, if the word of God says it, I believe it and it is true. And I pray, Lord, God, as we walk out of here, we look at our families and we look at ourselves in the mirror and we say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. God, we ask you, Lord Jesus, just to be with us. Bless this church, God. I pray, Lord, that that we would just stand tall and stand strong, not for our honor or for our glory, but for the growth of the kingdom of God, that we would be a witness and a light unto the world, God, that we would be a lighthouse in the storm that this world is in. God, we just ask you, Lord, that our men would be men. And that we would stand up and we'd be Christians. And we would claim that the name of Jesus Christ is all power. God, we just ask you, Lord, to be with us as we travel home today. Keep us safe and protect us. God, we ask these things in the name of Jesus. The name above all names. The only name under heaven whereby we must be saved. I ask you, Lord God, just to bless, pour your spirit and your anointing upon all of us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.
0: That's it for today's teaching. Hey, here's an idea. Share today's message with a friend or family member. If you're listening from outside our fellowship, we'd love to meet you. Visit graceid.org and hit the contact form to get in touch. We'd also love for you to join us. You can even check us out on Facebook Live by searching Facebook for Grace Church Rupert ID. Learn more and plug in at graceid.org. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Grace Community Church.